Looks very fitted. Looks like it's custom made. It is. It is. What's the occasion? Nothing. I just had to see a client just before we shot this podcast. And, you know, we yeah. dress easier for the podcast so we don't intimidate our listeners. Not like half of them even watches the YouTube version. If you don't, you should. You should. Definitely should. Um, but, you know, this is how we actually dress when we go see clients. And mm-hmm. I don't want to keep changing back and forth. So I just thought, you know what? I'll take off my blazers and we'll just get this game going. Fair enough. But... That's a little bit about me. Um, people can hear, I mean, can see from the title of the podcast that we are doing market update. And most of our listeners knows that I wasn't really here for most of January. In fact, I, didn't, I was only here for like a couple of days. So I'm going to really rely on you on this particular update in regards to letting me or let the listener know what, mm-hmm. what has happened in your world for the month of January. Yeah. First off, I have to say it's uh, very good to have you back. Um, it was very nice to meet some of your clients and uh, although we did see some properties uh, and I saw properties with my own clients as well, uh, we didn't really see anything out there that um, met all of our criteria and I think the biggest stuff point was uh, price. Yeah. You know, a lot of my buyers, uh, some of them were cash ready so they feel like um, that would garner them a better deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the seller, unfortunately, were pretty firm on the price that they wanted. Mm-hmm. So we weren't able to come to terms uh, on getting a deal together, but we did write a couple offers. Uh, we did enter into a couple multiple offer situations. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the overall consensus that uh, I have felt on the market and on the front lines is that uh, inventory is still scarce, good properties mm-hmm. at yep. least. Uh, certain types of properties, I've seen them set in the market for a long time and <clears throat> we'll get into those too. But it seems like the specific product that I was looking for um, wasn't as readily available. Interesting, interesting. Okay, well we all know that January on a seasonal kind of basis is always the slowest month or one of the slowest months. Sometimes it's very comparable to December. Mm-hmm. So by hearing saying that there's that wasn't a lot of activities that isn't really a shock, mm-hmm. but why don't we just take a look at the numbers as per usual, we'll run right through it, and then afterwards, we can, based on the numbers, talk a little bit about what we think. Yeah. Okay. Why don't start us off? All right. So let's start off. Oh, by the way, guys, uh, because we're not doing this on Zoom, so whatever I'm talking about, right here. I'm just going to put it right here uh, so you can kind of follow along with the charts and everything that we're kind of uh, referring to. So sales activity. Let me just pull this out to sales activity. Uh, for the month of January of 2023, we saw a total of 1,022 homes sold. So I'm just setting up my my, tie, my parameters here so you guys are looking at the same thing I'm looking at. Um, at 1,022 total sales, that is 55.3% less than January of 2022. And it's actually 21.1% lower than last month, December mm-hmm. 22, which you can kind of see right from this chart right here that it actually just continued to go down. There wasn't a small peak or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't we cover people with the prices? Sounds like kind of a bleak outlook that you just started me off with, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank what you for that. Well explained, well explained. Yeah. In terms of the HPI price, we were sitting at $1,111,400. Now this is a 6.6% decrease from January of last year in 2022, mm-hmm. but only a 0.3% decrease from December of 2022. So 
Okay. Could be a good sign. Could be. And now if you kind of look at the chart right here, you can kind of see that it's not going down as quickly as you know from the peak. It seems like the slope is getting a little bit better and it seems like we're almost finding a bottom. One could say we're even leveling up. I know. Wouldn't mm -hmm. that be nice? And we'll kind of talk about that as we go through it. I will cover inventory. So uh, there's two ways to do this. Number one, um, for the month of January of 2023, we had... 3,297 new listings come onto the market for Greater Vancouver. That is a 20.9% decrease from January of last year mm -hmm. and is a 173.4% increase from December. But you know what? Because Christmas and stuff like that, I wouldn't even take that number too much to heart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now let's quickly talk about total inventory, which is, I always like to say this is the more important thing. We're now sitting at 7,478 total inventory for the Greater Vancouver. That is a 32.1% increase from last year and a slight 1.3% increase from last month. Still nowhere enough, but we'll cover that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, moving on to our sales to active ratio, you guys can see here that we're sitting at 13.7% combined, 10.2% for houses, 13.4% for townhomes, and 16.7% for condos. Um, we're going to quickly touch again on my favorite topic, the rental market. Overall, rents, rental came down for about $6 to 2251 Slow and steady wins a race. Yeah. I mean, that can mean that there's a little bit more stability in terms of rental prices. Um, all of our most expensive rents are still coming from Vancouver with West Vancouver number one, mm -hmm. uh, then Vancouver, then North Vancouver, followed by Burnaby, and lastly, Richmond. Okay. So we're still the top five in Canada. Hooray for us. Good uh, job. Good job, BC. Good job. Back. We're paying the most <laughs> amount of rent for unfurnished one bedroom condos. And uh, quickly touching on our income to rent ratio, we're sitting at about 38%, still higher than we'd like to be. However, it's still understandable. Um, if we're not pushing that 40, 50% mark, I think we're still at a relatively acceptable level given the current circumstances. Uh, but one little bit of information that is kind of interesting that we came across was that when we look at uh, furnished and unfurnished units for Coquitlam and Surrey, something interesting came up. Um, in unfurnished Coquitlam, unit actually goes for less than a furnished one. Yes, significantly less. In comparison to Surrey, which is completely weird. Very, very weird. Um, I don't know, I, this is how I kind of project it. Coquitlam just isn't really an area that is suitable for furnished rental, maybe because there is less post, I mean, college institutions, there's less corporate needs, like, you know, corporate rentals. And overall, I think Kukulam is just a very family-oriented neighborhood. Uh, there isn't too much what we call business uh, reasonings that requires that area to have, you know, furnished rentals. Yeah. So maybe that's the reason why uh, people are willing to do, uh, pay more actually for unfurnished because mm -hmm. they have their own furniture. And I'm assuming that when they go in, they're all thinking that they want to rent for a long-term family, yeah. right? Yeah, no, that completely makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for that. You covered quite a bit uh, from sales active ratio all the way to rent. Now let's get to the juicy part of our podcast, which mm -hmm. is obviously... What do you think? What do we think about all of this? And for the people, the listener that literally skip all the numbers, good job. We're here to, <laughs> to go right into what uh, you are all here for. Now, I'm going to start. Okay. Now, firstly, 
once again, I kind of pre-mentioned this before we shot the numbers out. January and December are generally the slowest months, regardless of what kind of market. Uh, I feel like uh, with everything that has happened in the last two, three years, oh my god, COVID is three years now. The last three years and also kind of with the rising interest rate, the low amount of sales that we're getting is not too much particularly a surprise. Mm -hmm. uh, I, let me break it down for two different reasons. Number one, we've been talking about this uh, many, many times. Because we really just kind of reopened up, and this is really kind of the first Christmas, first New Year, where there isn't that much stipulations about what we can and cannot do. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on, we don't even go with masks anymore. Yeah. Right? So a lot of people, their mindset isn't just, it's not really just kind of in real estate. They kind of move on to something else. Uh, maybe it's to travel. Okay. Um, this goes to hand in hand. Since I just came back from Taiwan, uh, this goes hand in hand with what's happening over there. You know, we just came through Lunar New Year. We're all Asian. We understand that Lunar New Year is all about family getting together. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about the ma matter where you are. The family needs to get together. At least you know have a happy like a meal or whatever. I won't say happy meal. Not really happy meal. <laughs> I mean if your family likes to celebrate Lunar New Year by having a happy meal together, kudos to you. This I'm is a judgment free zone. <laughs> I'm jealous by the way if I would kid. But what I was trying to say is uh, I think because it's also the first year where a lot of these people are able to kind of just travel. When I was in Taiwan, I asked the Airbnb host, I asked a lot of the uh, hotel staff, what's happening? I just don't kind of feel like that Chinese New Year vibe this year in comparison to like, for example, nine years ago when I went back to Chinese yeah. New Year. One of the biggest things that I've said is yes, the reservation has gone down significantly this year and they feel like most of the people are traveling somewhere. Mm -hmm. and based on what I see from people's Instagram and stuff like that, and also confirmed with all these Airbnb hosts and hotel staff, seems like everybody's just in Japan right now. 100%, and I completely <laughs> resonate with that. Like, I'd say seven out of 10 people on my Instagram feed is either in Cancun, Japan, mm -hmm. uh, somewhere else in Asia, or they're in Europe. So international travel definitely has been the theme over the last two months for me. That's right. Now that's the first thing. I think the second reason why we're having such a slow sales activity is because Yes, the, during COVID, we did have kind of that seasonal trend, but it was very minuscule because a lot of people are still locked into their home. Mm -hmm. They have nothing else better to do, and they're getting these stimulus checks, so they just thought, you know what, I'll just buy real estate, buy real estate, buy real estate. And once again, this is the first kind of Christmas holiday plus January that we actually have kind of a bit of normality. So a lot of people, because they have done all of that before, mm -hmm. this is the year where really people are just not thinking about it anymore. That's what I think. Um, on the side note, I will also think that there's a reason why it's really because of inventory. You know, we talked about this over and over again. You just said it before the podcast started. It, it's very difficult right now to find the proper supply. Um, a lot of people are saying, oh my God, there's just not that kind of home that I'm looking for. Right? That could be it because our inventory is at a very, very low level. Mm -hmm. However, I am going to say that it depends on who you're talking to. Um, what I mean by that is really depends on what, what kind of supply. If we're talking about your standard uh, starter home, one bedroom or two bedroom condos, yeah, those are really tough right now. Mm -hmm. It's been tough for several months already. If you're looking at the other end of the spectrum, like you know the ultra luxury or just even the luxury market for both houses and single family houses, I'm, for sure, I'm sure that you don't have that problem right now. Mm -hmm. There's more than enough to go around for those kind of listings. And there's reasons for that. Yeah, um, there is. Uh, I like to call it funneling. 
right? As your interest rate starts to increase, what a lot of people don't really talk about uh, in regards to funneling is that as your interest rate increases, your qualifier rate also increases. Mm -hmm. So for the people that do need mortgages to buy, uh, well, their purchasing power has dramatically been reduced. What is our qualifying rate rule? Do you know? Do you remember? Prime plus two. There we go. That hasn't changed ever since our prime continued to increase. Mm. So let's say a year from a year ago, if you're applying for mortgage, you're probably getting qualified by about four percent, mm. maybe four point five. Well, if you do the same exercise today, you're probably getting qualified at over seven percent, or maybe even more than that. Mm. Four to seven percent increase in interest rate. We know how much that dramatically reduced your purchasing power. It hurts. It hurts, right? Um, the second thing I wanted to really talk about from all the numbers that we shout out is price. Now, um, once again, this is where who you talk to, what your agent, what kind of business he deals with will give you very, very different answers. And we're guilty of it when we just talk about, oh, price went down 6.6% since last year. That's a generality of all kind of product types. They have they add everything together, they just average it out. Mm -hmm. But we have been talking about it for several podcasts now, is that different products has already been behaving very, very differently. Correct. We kind of prehended this when we're talking about inventory just about 15 seconds ago. But what the real estate board this month, they actually done has broken it down into different product types and actually telling people, hey, how much has your, pri how much has your price increased or decreased since January last year? And I'm just going to share this with people right now, and then you can fully understand exactly what I'm talking about. So once again, overall, 6.6% decrease since January. If you really break it down, single-family houses has actually gone down 9.1% since January of last year. That's additional 2.5%, no, 7% than the 66 uh, townhouses and half duplexes, uh, the price has actually, actually gone down 3% since January of last year. Mm -hmm. And here this one, condos, the prices has actually been kept positive. The prices are still 1% higher than January of last year. Now it makes total sense <laughs> why it's so hard to come by because, you know, people who are hearing the news about, hey, the market is down 6%. 0.6%, they're not willing to pay what the sellers want. Mm -hmm. But when you take a look at the actual data broken down by product type, mm -hmm. it makes sense why the sellers are holding fast because they know that their property is actually worth more than what the market is saying. That's right. So when, for any listeners, when you do talk to your advisor or you talk to us, don't just go, hey, how's the prices like? Because whatever he tells you is not a true reflection of whatever you're looking at. Mm -hmm. Because once again, I'm, when we're talking about 6.6%, it's just an average of everything. You can tell houses didn't go down by 6.6%. Attached and townhouses didn't go down by 6.6%. Condos didn't even go down at all. Right? So really, in this 6.6% is because the single-family houses, first of all, they weight more. And second of all, they'd be more dramatic than, for example, the condos and stuff like that. So they actually be dragging everything down forcefully. Mm -hmm. okay. So... Um, this on top of what we kind of talked about just previously about funneling, budget funneling, it all kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. If you need mortgage, this is all you can afford now. Maybe we've talked about this many times. A year ago, you might be thinking about buying a townhouse because the qualifying rate is lower, because your monthly rate is lower. A year from now, you might be you're lucky to get a two, formal two-bedroom condo. Mm -hmm. Just because your monthly payment has gone up so much and your qualifying rate has gone up so much. And for the people who are shopping for one bedroom condos, the entry level homes that you're talking about, 
that brings us to why the rental market has been so crazy because they don't even qualify for a mortgage anymore. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of the rental market, it seems like the rental price has hit a ceiling. Hopefully that stability will remain for um, some time to come. Mm -hmm. We're hovering been around, or been hovering around the $2,200 to $2,300 mark for an unfurnished one bedroom unit. It's definitely a sign of relief, uh, sign of relief for a lot of people to have some stability. Since February of 2022, compared to February 2023, Prices have actually gone up by four hundred and eleven dollars for one bedroom unit. For a one bedroom unit, that's crazy. To net an extra four hundred dollars uh, a month on your paycheck for people who are working like a, a salary job, it's like weird. A monthly bonus isn't going to cover that. Yeah, that's right. Because at least you you wrote right here. That's a twenty two percent increase in terms of rental in one year. That's and if you guys are getting twenty two percent raises at your jobs. Kudos <laughs> to you. Uh, are they hired? <laughs> Please let me know. Yeah, no, but I'll, I think you're absolutely right. And hopefully having the rent stabilized like this, it will kind of let people know a little bit about, okay, this is kind of the end, especially because rent is really to for the people that absolutely need that stability. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe through a prolonged time of stability and rent, they may start considering, okay, how much longer am I willing to pay this amount for rent? Do I have the ability to take on a mortgage and maybe buy something so that I'm paying towards my own property and not paying off someone else's mortgage? Maybe. Aside from the rent stabilizing, uh, there is another crucial piece of information I wanna share. This came from the Bank of Canada um, when they raised interest rates by 25 basis points on January 25th. They have also stated, and I quote, the bank's ongoing program of quantitative tightening is complementing the restrictive stance of the policy rate. If economic developments evolve broadly in line with the predicted outlook, government council expects to hold the policy rate <clears throat> at its current level, end quote. This is great news, obviously, because in combination with the Bank of Canada deciding to halt the rise of the interest rate and everything stabilizing, that has been kind of the theme. Mm -hmm. Through stabilization, I think we're able to make more inspired action from the consumer's perspective. But overall, um, buyers and sellers seeing that floor and the stability about the market, we will encourage them to take action. Yeah, exactly. And just to add on what you said, I know that the Bank of Canada has just recently increased their prime rate by 25 basis point. But I also have been receiving some emails from the big banks mm -hmm. um, that they actually, just before the... Uh, Primary went up by another twenty-five basis point. They actually their uh, commercial mortgage rate actually decreased. Now I don't work at a bank. I don't know what the exact reasons, but just talking for some uh, with some people, uh, they're kind of giving you a couple of ideas. Number yeah. one, they are confident where the interest rate is going to be going for the rest of the year because if they still feel like the interest rate is going to continue to increase, they wouldn't want to drop their commercial rates 100%. because then they're just eating into the margin. Mm -hmm. The second reason why, and this is not so realistic, uh, a real estate focus is more about stock focus, is that people tend to forget commercial banks are publicly traded companies. They have stockholders that they have to report to, they have quarterly reports that mm -hmm. they have to provide. And if the mortgage application is at a suppressed amount, Ultimately, who loses the most amount of money? Not me or you or mm -hmm. anyone else. It's actually the bank. And because we're under this suppressed application period for, for quite a while now, for several months, mm -hmm. some of the commercial banks are getting a little bit, I don't want to say desperate, but they're thinking, they're trying to think outside the box about what they can do 
in order for them to kind of increase their profit uh, a little bit more. Maybe that means that just by dropping the commercial rate uh, down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the whole idea was to slow the spending, not completely stop it. Yes. Because when you turn off the tap, mm -hmm. nobody wins. Yes, correct. And just to add on, I think both having the interest rate stabilized and also having the rent stabilized, it's really, really great news. Because we always say there's the fear of unknown. When we don't know what's going to happen, we tend, we typically don't like to do any actions. Or we think worst case scenario. Exactly. Mm -hmm. right? So now that it seems like the government and the free market has kind of stabilized and painted this is the picture going forward, I do suspect, and I hope I'm right, that we are going to encounter a relatively busy spring. Once again, I'm not saying the price is going to shoot up 20%. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely what I'm saying. Not what I'm saying, but I'm feeling like there's going to be more people willing to list, willing to buy, or willing to rent or change a rental place just because they understand, oh, okay, for the foreseeable future, this is the playing field. This is the card that I've been dealt. Mm -hmm. And how do I now proceed uh, with that? Yep, I agree 100%. Mm -hmm. um, and just to quickly come back to it, we promise we're not, not going to generalize it, so I'm going to make another prediction, is that this sales activity will also change depending on what kind of product type you're talking about. Because of the funneling, because we're still encountering relatively high qualifying rates, I do suspect condos, entry-level townhouses, and entry-level houses, and I, when I mean entry-level, I mean entry-entry-level, <laughs> I feel like they're going to be there's going to be a lot more activity. There's going to be a yeah. lot more activity. And I think before we started the podcast, we were already talking about it. We're now already hearing from other agents that some of the properties are getting into massive multiple offer situations. Yeah, not five, not six. Yeah. What did you say you saw? Yesterday uh, I saw 56. I saw 46. Yeah, so... Yeah, and then they're all... I think... Uh, what was... Do you know what prototype of yours? Mine was a single detached house. Mine was a condo. There we go. Yeah. Right? So, obviously... It, they price their homes as a marketing strategy a little bit lower than the market, but it is very comforting to know that there is 52 or 46 qualified, willing people to mm -hmm. put their name on the real estate transaction contract to go forward. That should be especially reassuring for any of you who are thinking about listing your property. Mm -hmm. Buyers are still out there. Mm -hmm. And we don't need to repeat ourselves. You know, if you price it right, if it's not ill-prepared, once again, it will move. We've been talking about this for several months now, and I think now we're getting right into that peak where it's, everything is starting to move now. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, I guess to conclude um, this podcast, I am always like to say it's definitely nice to see the light at the end of the tunnel, no matter how dim. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the stability of rent and interest rate is that light that everybody was kind of just waiting for. Mm -hmm. right? So... Um, for anyone, like you said, that's kind of on the fence, whether to buy or sell, I think this spring market is going to be the time where you need to be out there. Uh, you need to part partake into the real estate market because I do feel like this is the perfect time for you to either switch to buy or downsize or what have you. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be like the last eight months where it just goes, bleh, it just kind of just sits there mm -hmm. yeah, because everybody's too afraid of what's happening. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. I look forward to March. Oh man, imagine if March and April's numbers comes out and we are totally wrong with everything that we're saying. No, I think we're pretty realistic about, you know, we make our opinions and assumptions based off of the data and that's what the data is saying to us. And if you guys 
feel differently, feel free to let us know. Exactly. And once again, the multiple offer situation, this is real. All the open houses are getting super swamped now. So, I mean, if you want to check it out, just go to any open house within kind of that same group that I, I, we were just talking about, and you can kind of understand what exactly we we're trying to say. It's busy out there now. Mm -hmm. It's starting to get busier and busier and busier. So, thank you guys so much for this week's market update. Uh, this is the Mike with Vancouver Real Estate. Right now, my name is Joe. I'm Jeff. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you next week with a completely different topic. Thank you guys. See ya.